Blood welled in the palm of my hand, staining the pale underside of my wrist dark red, as though someone had poured a bottle of fine wine across a white tablecloth. As it dribbled to the cold concrete floor of the basement, time seemed to suspend itself. My husband, Bodhi, held me from behind, my back pressed to his firm chest, my throbbing head resting against his shoulder, and his fingers tightened around my midsection. Oh, to be held as though nothing else in the world mattered. It was a promise. Every touch, every kiss, was a silent pact to love and adore the person to whom it was given. People often forgot that. We handed out our affection freely, carelessly, finding easy comfort in interlaced fingers or the parting of lips or casual embraces. Then it crumbled. Love was not a rock at the edge of the sea, stoically weathering the storm. It was something to be nurtured, to be made and remade every day. But the work was often mistaken for tedium, and those who did not endure found themselves with a handful of dusty pebbles. For Bodhi and I, it had taken a possessed house, a demonic spirit, and the locked basement door for us to realize how little we had tried. My body reflected our lack of effort. My knees were hardened and scabbed. The gash that ran from my wrist to my elbow oozed through the bandages. My ankle lay at an ominous angle. My head pounded with every inhale, and the new cut, the one that had just been opened with an animated carpet knife, pulsed in little red tides. Still, as the pain burned white hot, I found myself thinking that the entire house could go up in flames as long as Bodhi continued to hold me with the warmth I'd forgotten he was capable of giving. But when something, a demon, a ghost, pressed its invisible frigid fingers to the laceration in my palm, it was hard to ignore its chilling impact. Words appeared on the concrete floor, written in the ink of my blood. Help us. What the hell? whispered Bodhi, his breath warming my ear. It wrote the same words again, each letter fading as it ran out of bloody paint. Help us. My voice was thick and garbled. Who are you? Bodhi's arms tightened around me. Why does it matter? He asked furiously. Look at what it's done to you, Bailey. A cardboard box zoomed across the floor, bounced off the last step of the stairs, and settled against Bodhi's leg. What's in there? He demanded of the empty basement. A machete? Haven't you done enough already? Look at her. I squeezed Bodhi's knee as the box popped open. It did not reveal a machete or any other weapon of the basement's choice. Instead, it toppled over on its side and spilled out a slew of ancient first aid supplies. A tube of antibacterial ointment came to rest against my bare foot. Then a supportive ankle brace landed in my lap. Thanks, I murmured. My head was still fuzzy. But I don't think a brace will do me much good. It's broken. Stop talking to it, hissed Bodhi, taking the brace from my hands and chucking it across the room. It stopped in midair, then changed direction and plunked Bodhi on the head. Ow! Who are you? I mumbled again. The basement itself seemed to rumble, but no clear answer presented itself. Can you write it down? An icy chill stole over me, and I tucked my ruined wrist behind my back. Not with my blood, I ordered. Here, said Bodhi, 
He reached into the pocket of the denim jacket he was wearing and extracted a carpenter's pencil, which he threw to the floor unceremoniously. For a minute, the pencil lay still. Then something swept it up and scratched a message into the cement. Help us. Oh, for the love of Pete, said Bodie, exasperated. Bailey, this is pointless. Do you want to stay locked down here forever? I asked him, wincing as another shot of pain radiated through my skull. At least I'm trying. To reason with a demon, he pointed out. An embroidered purple throw pillow lifted itself from a pile of dusty linens and batted Bodhi around the ears. I don't think demons start pillow fights, I said. I don't care. Shh. The pencil scribbled across the cement again. Bailey.